Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for this week 11 episode of the Steelers preview where the Pittsburgh Steelers are gearing up to hit the road again down to Jacksonville, Duval County to play the Jaguars. Yes, the one and eight Jaguars. And I have to say, Dave Schofield on his Thursday morning Stat Geek episode said, he couldn't remember who they lost to. I remember uh, who they beat, I should say, who the Jaguars beat. I remember because mm-hmm. they knocked me out of the survivor pool in week <laughs> one. I had, <laughs> had Philip Rivers and the Colts thinking, okay, Philip Rivers is going to have a good game right out of the gate. Nope, dud. Gardner Minshew beats Philip Rivers, and I'm out. And they haven't won Phillip a game Rivers since. is going to get you every time. It got, it, I think it got my – was in week one too as well. I know it got my brother, um, or at least sometime he's like, Darn you, Philip Rivers. Hey, <laughs> Philip Rivers. Okay, he, is, he is the killer of dreams. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. And let's, uh, with that said, let's welcome Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? How are you tonight? I am so glad to be here, fellas. We are a week away from a trip to Fancoma. That's and right. hopefully, well, we can't really go into that trip to Fancoma because we've got a game next week, but there's a game beforehand that I'm really excited for. Duval! Duval, I, I I can't stand that. 2017 comes back. I hate that their fans are obnoxious. But oh, Dave's, I've been bad. there. Yeah, they're bad. Dave Schofield, show other co-editor. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. You guys are saying about this. I aren't we? Isn't the isn't the game at Heinz Field South this week? Is that <laughs> what, isn't that what they call it? Because. Normally, there's more black and gold. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, remember. but Brian, you've been there, yes. Yeah, two two thousand fifteen. There's a lot of Steeler fans down there. I mean, they can't even pack the stadium when they're allowed to have full attendance. So I, I'm imagining <laughs> this is going to be a lo- there's going to be a lot of Steeler fans in attendance on Sunday. Would you take that? Would you think that's a safe assumption? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the uh, probably about the twenty percent of Jacksonville fans that are there, they're very obnoxious and loud. But the Steeler fans really roll that place, and it's not that uh, the Steeler fans are traveling well. You have people from all over Florida that are huge Steelers fans that are showing up there because they're close, and it's their chance to see their team. Yeah, it, yep. it, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I, I'm the the headline of this podcast I think is appropriate, and that is that a lot of fans they want to look ahead. They're thinking about that Thanksgiving night game against the Ravens, and it's I get it. I, we all get it. That's a gigantic game for so many reasons. Not only should the Steelers not overlook this opponent, but this week isn't about the Jaguars. Yeah, am, I, am I right, guys? I mean, this this week is about the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your thoughts when you think about that, Dave? We'll start with you. When you think about that statement, this isn't about the Jaguars. This is about the Steelers. What does that mean for you? That means that the only, the Pittsburgh Steelers will either win this game or the Pittsburgh Steelers will either lose this game. This will not be about Jacksonville winning the game. You know, <laughs> that's what it means. You said the Steelers will win the game or lose no, the game. Well, it's all on the tie. No, but meaning <laughs> that's not what I meant. And meaning they're playing hard. That, that it's, yeah, they're going to play hard. And, um, no, is, is that it's not it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, and I because I was there for both games two years ago. It's not like the Jaguars are going to beat the Steelers. If the Steelers lose this game, it's 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 more about them not doing what they need to do than so, it is the Jaguars being a superior team. 
An example would be that week five game in 2017, Roethlisberger throws five interceptions. I that's how the Jaguars win that game. In the playoffs, well, that was because of the guy that sang the uh, Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> but I'm not going to get into that. Brian Anthony Davis, when you hear that this game is not about the Jags, which I think is appropriately named, it's about the Steelers. What do you think? It means that the Pittsburgh Steelers control their own destiny fellas that's the bottom line of the whole thing this is the the jaguars are just the team assigned to them as they work towards destiny and that's all there is to it and i have also i'm under great authority with my musical connections that john oates has been cited in duval county oh gosh don't say that <laughs> don't you say that 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 if that happens and i find out i'm i'm literally turning the game off because it's it's, it's a loss i'll just set up the the live stream early and i'll be like all right the steelers lost so jeff it's the first quarter don't worry john out screwed us again that's how can a musical genius <laughs> screw up a tea professional team's fortune i just don't understand that it's a great question brian and the answer is only john Oates knows let's get to this super chat here <laughs> Anthony Johnson gives us $5 and says, any chance you guys could get Vince Williams on the show? He's growing on YouTube. Look, there's a lot of players that I would love to have on our podcast. Okay. Uh, if they're active players, it's tough because you especially have to especially during the season, especially during the season, you have to go through the public relations team. If you get a player that kind of, you reach out on your own or to their representation and they come on your show and the Steelers hear about it, they're not very happy because they want to control all that. They want to control I would love to have – I actually tried – I'm trying to get – this thing sound crazy. I've been trying to get Mike Wallace. <laughs> he just seems like a guy that still – people remember Mike Wallace. I would love to hear some stories about young Antonio Brown and, and Mike Tomlin and the Steelers when he had to leave and went to Miami for the bigger contract. I, I haven't heard back, but I'm trying. We'll see. I'm just reaching out on Twitter. But nonetheless, well, that's that's really the, the nuts and bolts of that that story. So – and Steve O'Neill's right. Jeff couldn't get Ryan Switzer on the show. No, I couldn't. I couldn't get Ryan Switzer on the show. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's get to uh, – I want to talk about – well, guys, any news that really piqued your interest this week? Brian, we'll start with you. You know, really no news is good news for me. You know, I mean, they had a couple guys that uh, they brought in to look at as far as tryouts, but really it was just a business week, and that's all I care about. Dave, news this week, anything to pique your interest? Um, some things that are kind of brought up a little bit in the live chat that if you want to, there's, you know, what do people do in the NFL? And you get this in the off season all the time, but you know, we make lists, we make our top, whatever we love power rankings. We love things like that. And there's been some lists comes out, uh, lately. Um, I know I retweeted one of them, like, right. Um, that let's see. First of all, Chase Claypool was left out of the top ten rookie list, mm -hmm. and uh, Chris Sims from who knows where. I don't even know who he's with, and I don't he's even care because I don't listen NBC, to those kind of people. NBC Sports, and he's also on Pro Football Talk. Yeah, I don't care. And um, the genes <laughs> honestly, of, I don't listen to those Bill things. Um, <laughs> yes, but <laughs> he comes out with his his right now top ten quarterbacks. No Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, yeah. and four quarterbacks on there that Ben Roethlisberger has already, you know, he's not the defense, but played against this season. And it's just it, two it's rookies. Very, it two yeah. rookies, Burrow and, and Herbert above Roethlisberger, which is it's awesome. Yeah. But what I'm just class. saying, the amount of disrespect, at, but Brian's right. Bring it. Yeah. Keep bringing the disrespect. 
I would rather this that team be disrespected and come out and, you know, punch the other team in the mouth. Not literally, you know, we're not talking Joey Porter here. We're, we're to come out and, you know, step out on the field, knock their block off and just keep stacking wins. You know, keep these guys off these lists. They don't deserve it. You know, I'm I'm ready for the for the top ten candidates for defensive player of the year, and them not have. Um, now I'm all. Why did I lose his name all of a sudden, Brian? Come on, Trent um, Jordan. Trent Jordan. Trent. I couldn't remember the Trent. And then I <laughs> uh, have Trent Jordan on there. So bring it. Keep bringing the disrespect. That's just the only kind of news. The news is that the Steelers still aren't getting any respect. Um. Ronnie he had Dangerfield. Jordan Dangerfield on, right? He didn't get, get no respect. I tell you, no respect. <laughs> hey, Wang, it's a parking lot. Enough pictures. Anyways, um, <laughs> Sean Knox gives us $5. Says, Steelers and Tomlin looked past the Jags a few years ago. Didn't go so well. Listen to Dave's podcast, okay, if you haven't yet. The, the Jaguars in Pittsburgh is a recipe for disaster. The Jaguars, Pittsburgh in Jacksonville is a different story altogether. Uh, the most recent vi- victory there for the Steelers was in 2018. That was the game where Ryan Switzer, who was brought up in the live chat, almost got beheaded at the end of the game, and it was a flag. And so I think, what, six seconds, seven seconds left on the clock, could have kicked the field goal. They decided to run a play, a busted play at that. Well, no, they, it was the, the shovel pass. It was, it was going to be the shovel it. pass to Vance McDonald, and there. they snuffed it out. Yeah. The guy stepped right in front of him. And Filer so. almost tried to tackle Ben. He didn't. And Ben barely got the football over the line. Game over. Walk off. We'll see you later. So there you go. No, I think they had to kick off. I think there's two seconds left. Maybe. I think you're right. Okay. Anthony Johnson says, guys, I had a huge brain, a huge brain fart. I meant Arthur Motes, not Vince Williams. <laughs> Jesus, I need him now. <laughs> um, Anthony, we could always try to get Arthur Motes. Yes. He seems like a guy that's more than willing to. I he's, trying to he's trying to increase his brand. I think that's on Michael Beck's radar. I don't know if there's been something built there in the past or not, but I know that was a name thrown out with him before. So Michael's our our, our magic man when it comes to getting people we'll get on that, shows. We'll get that crazy Canuck on it. How about yeah. that? That's a good plan. Let's let's do a little. He's just so polite, you know. <laughs> they, they can't say no. Hey, hey, hockey hoser, hey. Yeah. Okay, um, let's do a little game that I want to do. Just a couple things. It's. Underreaction or overreaction? Okay. So, oh my gosh, all week, all Steeler fans have been talking about is the running game. The running game's awful. The running game stinks. Can't do anything. The average is down. They haven't rushed for over, I think, 60 yards in the last three games. I think Dave said that in his podcast. 50. 50, even better. Okay. Is it an overreaction by the fan base or is it an underreaction that we should actually be concerned about this? Brian, I want to get your thoughts first. I'm going to say that it's an underreaction at this point. Actually, it's an overreaction because we don't need to be too concerned about this. Check out Factor Fiction. That's uh, whenever that uh, comes on the editorial side. So I will be talking about that then. But spoiler alert. Look, this team is fourth in scoring. They're moving the ball without having to run the ball. When they get an opportunity to run the ball by continuing to do their Todd Haley running game by short bubble passes. You know, when they get to go ahead and run the ball, when they actually hand the ball off to James Conner, Benny Snow Jr., or Anthony McFarland Jr., they're going to get it going a whole lot more. They are proven, they're they are proving a few things. One of the things they're proving that this is not 
your fathers, your grandfathers, Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the 2019, 18, 17, 16, or 15 Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a unique team that they are setting the rules, and you need to just kind of stop whatever they're doing, and it's pretty hard to stop because you've got guys like Ray Ray, Deontay Johnson, Juju, even Chase Claypool, James Washington, that could take that ball and run with it better than anybody. And they are that's their running game, passing to the wide receivers. So I'm not as concerned. For everybody thinks that that is going to catch up to them, it could, yeah, definitely could. But guess what? When you finally start stopping that, you're going to be able to open lanes for those running backs at that point. So don't worry about this. Embrace the fact that your team is scoring points. They're averaging over 30.1. Remember all those years we talked about, man, if they could just average 30 with this defense, they're doing it with a better defense than what they had before. So embrace it and realize that they are changing the game. Very good. Dave, overreaction or, yeah, we should be concerned. All right. Before I answer that, I have to sum up everything Brian just said. He just said, all right, stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. Okay. <laughs> so, um, sorry, shout out to Digital Underground there. Um, and I think it's it's an overreaction mainly because, I mean, Coach Tallman talks about it's a, it's a, it's something they need to address. And I've mentioned this on other shows. I think that tells you it might take a little bit of time, but they're going to seriously do everything they can to address it, just like they did everything they could to address uh, the, the defense getting off the field on third down and what they do this past weekend, zero for 13. So the biggest reason I think it's an overreaction is what else from, the, from Steelers fans was there to look as a, at a negative on Sunday? I mean, they moved the ball however they wanted to in the air, other than giving up the fake punt in worthless time. The special teams were back to doing what they do again, especially when you know they get a takeaway on the very first chance they have. They almost break a touchdown, Ray Ray, and, and things like that. And the defense does what they did on third down and a couple big plays away from even being a shutout. So that's really the only thing there is to complain about. That's why is getting as much attention as it is. But if you don't fix it, eventually you don't want it to be a problem at the worst possible case when it really comes back to bite you and say, why didn't we fix it sooner? I'm going to quote Mike Tomlin in 2008 when the Steelers weren't running the ball very well. And he said, when I come into work every day, I walk by five Lombardi trophies, not five rushing titles. Right now, Steeler fans should be concerned with one thing and one thing only that they've won nine games and they've lost zero. I mean, they're nine and oh, yeah, it might be unorthodox and it might be not what you want to see. It might not pass your eye test, but what does always pass the eye test is undefeated. Like kids keep this in mind. Like Dave said, this is the only thing that we could really gripe about. Everyone loves to pick something to gripe about. Oh, that's the third down defense. They're awful. Oh, the rushing defense, blah, blah, blah. This week it was the run game. So we'll see how this pans out. I have a I have a a gut feeling about the run game in this upcoming game this week, but we'll see. The next over or under reaction. Let's talk about the rush defense. We've seen them get gashed. I know the stats were inflated from Cincinnati, but the numbers are the numbers. They gave up 144. They've given up over 140 yards at least, I think. Wasn't it 144 last 139. Sunday? I'm okay. Given close to 140. Mm-hmm. 
The last three weeks, 263 to Baltimore. Brian, this run defense, now the defensive line is starting to get healthy, but still, are we? should this be a concern or are we overreacting when we're talking about the rush defense? Go ahead, Brian. I think we're overreacting again because you played the Baltimore Ravens, and guess what? You're going to give up a lot of yards to the Baltimore Ravens, but you still beat them. You gave up a lot of yards to the Dallas Cowboys. You still beat them. That was 401 week. So a three-week total was about 534 yards rushing, something somewhere around then. The average keeps on going down a little bit. It's going to go up probably, uh, you know, you're pro- it's going to get better this week against Jacksonville because they don't run the ball that well. But here's the thing. Don't care because you know what? When the rushing yards from the opponents, when they rise, the passing yards go down. And the bottom line is you kept Cincinnati off the scoreboard. You could talk about 137 137 yards all you want. They scored no rushing touchdowns. And you kept them from beating you and controlling the ball anyways. You gave up 10 points to that team. You beat them by 26. Once again, this is a case of us having a hot girlfriend, having a hot wife, and sitting here going, man, my luck's going to run out. She's going to cheat on me and leave me with nothing. And I'm going to be laying here with ramen noodles and just hating my life. No, go out and party with her. <laughs> Paint the town red and enjoy it. That we stop, stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. Live your life and enjoy it. My gosh, nine and oh, when have we been nine and oh? Never. Yeah. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Ramen Noodles. Make sure you check out Ramen Noodles. Cheap. They are very shelf stable. All right, let's go to Dave Schofield. <laughs> between, but I, I wasn't sure if he was saying the hot wife and a hot girlfriend. It or could if it was be. It could I wasn't be. sure if it was both or just one. Then the ramen noodles. I don't even remember the question. I'm going to have to. Seattle has. Are, yeah. Should you be concerned about the Steelers' rush defense because the numbers are not looking good in the last few weeks? The only reason they don't look as good the last few weeks is because we're comparing them to what they did at the very beginning. And you also have to remember, you can't have it all. You can't put an extra guy into the run defense and an extra guy into the pass defense. You have to pick and choose what you're going to do. And if you're choosing now to not give up the long third downs via pass and things like that, and you're wanting to worry about that pass defense, guess what you're not doing? Having that extra guy like a Mike Hilton that's there focusing on the run and things of that sort. You can't, you can't do it all. You can't just completely stop the run and give up the pass like crazy. And you can't completely stop the pass and give the run, give the run like crazy. Although you can, if you're winning the game, that's a little bit different, but really you need to find that balance. And I think that's what the Steelers are doing. They're finding that balance. And sometimes it might mean that they might get the occasional um, decent chunk runs on them here or there, but it's not like it's, Oh my goodness. Every time they go to run the ball, they're getting five to 10 yards. That's not what the Steelers are dealing with when it comes to that. I didn't feel that like that at all on Sunday. No, I didn't feel it that way either, but I will say this, that the Steelers are the past few weeks when you think no Tyson on Isaiah bugs is banged up. Chris Wormley's on injured reserve and you're dealing with, Brian's son, Carlos Davis, Henry Mondo, and uh, and sometimes B- Bugs playing on one leg, essentially. You're getting some of these players back now, and that's going to be very beneficial. And you brought up Mike Hilton, which is a good point. 
It was a little bit. It was a little bend. Don't break. We'll put it that way. I still think that for this defense to be as 100% as good as they can be, they need to channel their inner Dick LeBeau. And that is you have to stop the run. You've got to make them one dimensional. And when you're playing a a, a game, even, even a Lamar Jackson, who is so dynamic as a runner and as a playmaker, you have to force them into third and long situations where it's predictable. You know what I mean? The Steelers haven't always been doing that. They didn't do it at the beginning of the Cincinnati game. Uh, they were giving Burrow some, I mean, yeah, they didn't convert a third down, but it's, there were times where Burrow had some very favorable down and distances and he just didn't complete the passes. So I'm not saying that I'm, it's an, it's an overreaction that we shouldn't be concerned with. I think that, that I want to see a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. I want to see a little bit more. All right. We're going to kind of change gears here a little bit for the next one. There's a lot of people with obviously coronavirus cases are spiking all throughout the country. COVID-19, the NFL on Saturday, I think it's this Saturday, every single NFL team is going into this intensive protocol, which the Steelers have been in for three weeks. So this is nothing new for them. Basically, the only time the players are going to be in the facilities for practice, a walkthrough, or if they're getting treatment. I think maybe for workouts as well. Other than that, everything's virtual. Meetings are virtual, you name it. So, guys, confidence in the season. A lot of people have the confidence in the season waning. They're like, I don't think this is going to happen. It's going to get wrecked. Guys, is that an overreaction or what? Brian, we'll start with you. I think it's the overreaction because the uh, NFL will not allow this season to get completely wrecked. Here's the deal. One thing that I think we talked about this a, a long time ago. Do you know how long that they have that stadium in Tampa Bay? Is it still called Raymond James Stadium? Yes, I think so. Um, or they it have it. TIAA Bank Field or something like that. No, that not, not no, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Raymond James is Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sorry. Uh, yes, that's Raymond James. So they've I'm got Raymond confused on my Florida stadiums. The <laughs> NFL has Raymond James Stadium booked up through the middle of April for, for the Super Bowl. So if something happens and they have to keep extending things, they are going to find a way to do it. They are not losing this season. They will not lose revenue. They will add extra games. They've already, I mean, the plan is already approved right now that if you if the, you start losing games now, that you're going to have an eighth playoff team, which means we're going to go back to 1982 when the strike season and there was the NFL tournament. That was when the Steelers were the, were the fourth seed taking on the fifth seed in the first round. And everybody played in the first round, which means the Steelers or the Chiefs or whoever's up top is going to get screwed out of the bye. That might possibly happen. And that could be the thing that we are complaining about um, coming in the next couple months. But they are not going to lose this season. See, see that, that bye thing, I don't see it that way. I don't think that's what they had that implemented for. When they say if they take an extra team, that might be getting teams in. But the other problem, and, and trust me, this is – a problem that they don't want to have is what happens if they have to play a very important game that got canceled. Maybe they don't have to play every game, but some games that have playoff implication in, let's say what we call a week 18, you know, it could be more than that based on how everything plays out, but let's say they have to play some of those important games. If you have a team that, that then has a buy that buys a bad thing. Cause then you're going two straight weeks without playing. That's why they would take it away. And that's, I'm just saying that's the interpretation I got. I might be way off, but I was looking at it as they didn't want the buy to be a punishment for a team that then had to wait two or three weeks 
without playing a game and then have to come back and try to play because that's not an advantage. That's a disadvantage. Yeah, but you play for that extra game, extra week off and not having to put your team through the rigors that's of true 60 too. minutes of football and get hurt. One less, one less game you have to play. Yeah. Yeah, so I could see both both ways. So. John John Knox put five puts five dollars in the tip jar. Thank you very much, John. He said I could see the NFL canceling games that have no bearing on the playoff picture. Maybe if they maybe. have to, if that, that would be a last ditch effort, you know. But here we are. So thank you guys for answering that question. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit here, and before we head into our first break, I want to get your guys' thoughts because right now we're on live Thursday night. And there's an NFC West game going on as we speak, and that's the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Guys, I want to ask you a question. I personally think that the most competitive and the toughest division in football is in the AFC North. I mean, when you look at it, you have the 9-0 Steelers, 6-3 and uh, Ravens and Browns, and then a 2-6-1 and Bengals team, which I think we can all agree is they're better than the record. We'll say that. Yeah. Most other, Almost everyone else would say that the NFC West – is almost equally as good. You have Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, and the 49ers. The 49ers are bad. They're beat up. The Rams are competitive, and Arizona, Seattle seem to be the class of that division. Guys, which division's better, in your opinion? Try not to be biased. Try to just be a football fan here. Brian, we'll start with you. Man, this is so tough because I could make a case for both of them. The 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year. Almost won the Super Bowl. Kind of blew the Super Bowl, actually. They got everybody hurt this year. They should be competing for the division title. The Rams are really good, but we're not even talking about the Rams, and they're so good. We're talking more about the Cardinals, and we're talking more about the Seahawks. You're possibly going to have those three teams in the playoffs. On the other hand, you could have all three teams from, not all three teams, but the three teams in the playoff picture right now, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens in there. I really think that the Ravens are still Super Bowl competitors, I don't think they're going to get there, but they are competitors and they are probably top three right now in the AFC in the entire NFL. They're probably still top five. So if you look at the top five in the entire NFL, I'm going to go ahead and give the AFC North the advantage because you have two teams higher ranked than the other teams in the other in the uh, NFC West. But that is a fantastic conference. Look at what – excuse me, a fantastic division. Look at what Arizona's doing right now. Seattle might have three losses, but they are a tough team. And this is – I'm watching this on my phone while I'm talking to you guys. It's a really good battle. And the Rams could come out of nowhere and win the whole thing. But I'm t- telling you, the AFC North top to bottom is better. Think about the record of the Cincinnati Bengals and who they have lost to, and they've lost four games so far, all in the AFC North. They've lost twice to Cleveland, they've lost to Baltimore, and they've lost to Pittsburgh. But they are building a special team there, and we are going to be talking about Bengals week pretty soon in the next couple years, and they are going to be a rival again. All right, Dave, what do you think? AFC North or NFC West? I'm going to give you a, a great Dave answer. This is a fabulous day's answer. (laughs) The AFC North overall is better. The NFC West, I feel, is more competitive because they have three. I mean, before tonight's game, three teams at six and three. Anyone can win that 
division right now. So it's more competitive right now. Yeah. But right now you've got three teams, six, six with at least six wins in the North, but one of them is nine and zero, And that's to me that the Steelers are, are the tipping point. If it wasn't for that, you would probably say it was the West because you know, you got San Fran at four and six versus Cincinnati. That's two, six and one. So they're a little bit lesser down, but then the Steelers, that's just looking at it from a number standpoint, but that's just me. So I think this, I think the AFC North is all in all better, but I think the NFC West is so intriguing because right now, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are third in the division and could be first here in a couple hours. I'm, I'm one that, you know, for me, I, a lot of people say this isn't right. Dave, you look at the numbers. That's your nature. I look at the style of play. I don't see many divisions that are as physical as the AFC North. That's true. Top to bottom. I mean, I, I, even that game against Cincinnati was a hard-hitting game. We know Baltimore-Pittsburgh gets a double-chin-strap game, as they used to call it. You know, you better you better buckle up because that's going to be physical. And we know Cleveland and Pittsburgh get after it, too. And they get after it across the division. It's not just Pittsburgh. I mean, a Ravens-Browns game can be very physical as well. I'm going to go AFC North because not just of the, com- the competitive nature – the way that they play, and like you said, they could actually have three teams making the playoffs this year if the Browns don't go away, which I, which I don't think they are going to. All right, uh, Felicia, longtime viewer of the show. We appreciate you, hey, Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> there you go. Gave us $5. She said, Juju said during his press conference that they'll be working on scoring early and often to stop causing their fans from having a heart attack. She gives the prayer hands, thank God. Amen for that. And we're going to be talking more about that Pittsburgh Steelers offense that Juju was referencing when we come back after this break. If you're watching live on YouTube, we're not going anywhere. If you're listening on audio form, check out part two. It's one click away. Don't, don't miss it. We're going to talk about predictions, that and more. We'll be right back. 